0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Signs, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a glorious week in the state of Texas. It's becoming a cold, glorious week. You know, it, it starts to get under 65 degrees. We start complaining here in Texas, at least I do. I mean, I'm born and raised in Houston, fifth generation Texan. I don't know a whole lot about cold weather, but uh, this is not a show about the weather. We talk about the issues of faith family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And I'll tell you what, I expected to be cold on Monday, but I was not. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute in my trip to the U.S. Supreme Court. Not the first time I've been to the Supreme Court, but certainly an important trip this week. And we'll have a lot to say about that. And that's why we have such a great guest today to talk about some of that issue. Uh, Mary Sock's going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report, her first time on the show, and she is the Director for Human Dignity at the Family Research Council, our good friends in Washington, D.C. Uh, I also hear she's a Notre Dame football fan. We might get into some of that. You know, sometimes this show is about faith, family, and football, okay? We'll we'll wrap in a couple, uh, some new Fs. My son's got his last home game for his high school. So uh, shout out to St. Dominic Savio Eagles tonight as they have their last night. Seniors are parting ways. My son's a sophomore, so look out for Johnny Signs on the gridiron. But we've got a lot of important issues to talk about because it has been a lot talked about on the issue of life. And that's why we're glad to have Mary Zock on the show. Mary, welcome to the Texas Values Report.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I got a little lost on my intro there. See, I start talking about football. I get distracted and then it becomes a whole different show. But, you know, look, football is important to the state of Texas. I tell you what's important to the state of Texas is the Texas heartbeat law. That's why the issue was so important on Monday. I was in D.C. You were there. You had your beautiful son there. uh, Just a great, great looking kid and uh, really in the limelight, right? He was like in the middle of all the important action. But we were there because... The Texas heartbeat law was being heard two court uh, cases, as a matter of fact, that related to the Texas heartbeat law at the U.S. Supreme Court. But you haven't been on the show before, so I want to give you an opportunity talk a little bit about your work, our listeners and supporters and viewers. And if you're on Facebook, like it, share it. Let's get this into uh, a lot more attention. But Mary, you're, um, you're at Family Research Council. People know a lot about our work with them. But tell us a little bit about the role that you have um, for the Center for Human Dignity.
1: Sure. As the director of the Center for Human Dignity, we work to promote the dignity of the human person beginning at conception, moving all the way through natural death. Um, and, and we work to to really bring light to the fact that we're not just talking about theoretical uh, thoughts. We're talking about human beings. When we, when we talk about unborn children, these are, these are people who have names. Um, and, and so that really inspires our work to, to fight for, for life because, because we know each of these unborn children was, is a child who was created in the image and likeness of God, and each of them has incalculable dignity and is deserving of respect. Um, so that really informs everything that we do there. We, we try to bring, bring that message to legislators at the state and federal level.
0: Well, and there were a few legislators out there on the court steps with us Monday in Washington, D.C. as arguments, oral arguments were taking place at the U.S. Supreme Court related to the Texas heartbeat law. Again, there are two court cases that the Supreme Court really combined together in a set of oral arguments but Mary you and I were there together and you know Arena Grosu who I understand uh, who works with our team but also was in the role that you were in with Family Research Council we're so privileged that for many years we've been able to have such a great working relationship and a friendship with all the good people at Family Research Council including Tony Perkins our good friend JP Duffy and of course Kana Gonzalez, in. Y'all got a great looking building. You're kind of like Texas Values, right? You're close to what happens there at the Capitol. And it's really necessary sometimes to get over there to the Capitol or or the Supreme Court. And and look, there's been a lot of activity coming out of Texas as it relates to the life issue. You were talking before we started a little bit about your background, having done some policy work before with the archdiocese uh, there in Washington, D.C. You know, we continue to see what I feel like is some momentum some progress moving forward a lot more people that are not only involved in the pro-life movement mary but they also have a better understanding and that's one of the things that i think is very interesting about the texas heartbeat law people understand when you think about the concept of a heartbeat that we all have one and i think that's allowed people to go wait a minute i didn't realize a baby had a heartbeat inside the womb or if i realize it did i didn't realize it was at such an early stage of development. And so not only do we have, you know, the the significance of the law, but we have, I think, an opportunity, a a new or a fresh opportunity to have a meaningful conversation about the issue of life and the unborn child.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think the beautiful thing about Texas is the people of Texas get it. They get that the unborn child is a human being. They, they, they understand that abortion ends the life of a person. It's, it's not just some procedure like getting your tooth pulled that, you know, is, is minor. It's not, it's not getting rid of a clump of cells. It's, it's, a, it's a procedure that takes the life of a child. No other medical procedure does that. We, do, we don't have operations to, to kill people. Abortion does that. Well, as we talked pe-
0: about, it stops a beating heart.
1: Absolutely, it does. And, and the people of Texas have been fighting to be able to defend their unborn brothers and sisters for years. And, and it's so beautiful that the Texas heartbeat bill has withstood so many, so many challenges so far and that every day, 150 babies, 150 Texans are, are being saved from the atrocity of abortion.
0: Well, and if you go to our website, texasheartbeatlaw.com, we're keeping a count of that. And I think it gets updated by the hour. That's based on an estimated number of 50,000 abortions performed in the state of Texas. That was the most recent statistics that we have. And so that's an average of about 150 a day. What we know is abortion entities They're saying that they're stopping doing the abortions, even though there's not any lawsuits uh, or any at this point, any actions trying to enforce it against them because of the nature of it and the strength of it. And the fact that federal and state courts have allowed it to continue to go into existence. They know that there's some real liability for them. And so um, so we estimate that. So we're now at a little over nine thousand lives. In two months. And as you know, working in pro life work, a lot of times pro life laws are passed and they never go into effect, or they spend a lot of time caught up in court. So, for this law, I think that's one of the things that's been really fascinating and just special and unique and meaningful is that from day one, September 1st, it's gone into effect. That's allowed us to continue to save those lives. So, we're there at the Supreme Court, and obviously, some people want to change that. two different cases that were there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the court case or just really the environment, right? That that uh, in the, the setting that we find ourselves in, uh, just so everybody knows, there, there's been a federal case, a, a state case, and the, the heartbeat law has already been to the US Supreme Court once, right at the beginning. And they did not shut it down, if you will, at that time. They didn't um, keep it from going into effect. So I think, Mary, it's significant that here we are two months down the road And you didn't hear a lot of discussion at the oral arguments about sort of the substance of the law, because that's not where they are. But even more so is really about a lot of procedure and technical stuff. But I do think it's meaningful that, you know, look, that was Monday. Here we are on Friday. You know, if there was really this emergency need to stop the law, you'd have seen that happen by now. And, And I think there's some relevance to the fact that that hasn't happened and it's in effect.
1: Well, and I hope that that it's weighing on the on the Supreme Court justices hearts that there are 150 babies every day who are alive because of this bill that has to weigh on their heart. That has to weigh on their conscience. You know, the the procedure of this, the the procedural mechanism we're. That's, that's sort of a, a side issue. We're here because the people of Texas want to defend their unborn brothers and sisters, and they've tried it multiple ways. Texas has been at the forefront of pro-life legislation year in and year out. They're, they're willing to fight for the unborn.
0: No, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, And we're going to be celebrating this if people, you know, still a few tickets left if you want to come to our gala Saturday night in Houston, the evening of November 6th. Eric Metaxas is going to be our keynote speaker. And then we have the author of the heartbeat law, Senator Brian Hughes. He's going to be there. He's going to give a state of the state address and talk a little bit about that. He was there at the Supreme Court. Mary, did you get to meet him when we were in D.C. on Monday?
1: I did. And, and my little boy, Joseph, who's just 15 weeks old, he got, he got to meet him. And, you know, it was really incredible to have Joseph, who 15 weeks ago could have been aborted in several states across the United States, to have Joseph be there and, and meet the author, this, this great defender of life.
0: Well, and so here we are, there are two cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, a lot of national attention. I just want to say thank you to Family Research Council and so many members of your team and the organization for supporting the heartbeat law for being there. There were a lot of other national organizations too. You know how these things work, like there's a state legislative process, you got 50 states, everybody's doing their thing. And so a lot of times, you know, sometimes national groups get involved, sometimes they don't. I mean, there are so many different things going on. And the Texas heartbeat law has gotten all this attention if you will now at the Supreme Court and not that it's a surprise I'm just saying it's a way for me to say thank you um, to see so many groups really rally around and support it because I think it creates this unite this unity and really a lot of momentum that people can see that what happens in Texas can certainly impact the rest of the country particularly when an issue goes up to the U S Supreme court. And so, and there were a lot of people there from Texas. You had the the house author, you had our attorney general and the solicitor general that were arguing the case. Um, I saw some news reports after that. And, you know, they, they really gave an account of what was going on that seemed a lot different than, than what maybe you and I experienced. And I see them time again, they don't want to call it the heartbeat law. They talk about a whole, a bunch of other things, but I think that, you know, that human sense, that imagery, is really simple to people and, and it's scientific, you know, follow the science if you will. Um, But I do think we're at a procedural level, but again, a lot of young people out there opportunity to have this conversation. A lot of people don't realize What's going on inside a mother's womb? You, you just went through this experience yourself with your, and, and I thought it was special for you to be there with him. But talk to us a little bit about that. You know, as a mother, right? I mean, um, what this means, and and it just seems to be natural and instinctive that a woman would have that bond with her child in the womb.
1: Yeah, I think that that it's it's a really hard thing to fathom. You know, an uh, an innocent vulnerable child uh, being attacked and and we know that the unborn child in the womb feels feels pain you know we 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 hold those children in our arms when they're born and and you see just how vulnerable that little one is um, and you know I think like there were people there from all across the country and and I think that's because it's easy to get up every day and say I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for the ability to defend the unborn child in the womb what I don't understand is how people get up each day and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to fight today for the right to an abortion. We're going to fight for the right to kill an unborn child. That makes no sense to me at all, especially for for women who are mothers.
0: Well, and, and you know, look, you, you see a variety of different type of people there. Right. You see people that are older um, on the other side that are younger, some that, you know, maybe politically motivated. Um, and so but, you know, it does lead to some of those questions, you know, what is that like? And and how is it that someone would be so entrenched in such a position? And so and and look, I'm in that environment. I'm sure you are sometimes too, right? Where you're in close proximity to people that disagree. And sometimes it allows them to hear information I was that they not heard before. And I was really encouraged by that presence that people that there that were pro-life with good information, with compassion, sometimes with some good spirit if you will, about their their views on this. But I think not being afraid, and and I do think there was a civil environment. Sometimes it can be a little crazy. I mean, and it makes me think, what's it going to be like on December 1st, right? There's another case going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's already there, right? And it's a little bit further along. I mean, there's probably a more robust analysis on this case. This is out of the state of Mississippi, um, a 15-week ban, if you will, that's going up a pro-life law that the state of Mississippi has passed. Uh, with a lot more lead up time and people being aware of it, I think the scene might be, there might be a, you know, two or three times as many folks and I don't know, maybe a little bit louder. We'll see. I mean, are you planning to be there on December 1st?
1: We sure are. And I yeah, imagine
0: you, you're going to have quite a bit of family uh, of FRC kind of alums or current members, um, you know, that are really creating, maybe some people that volunteer with y'all. Tell us a little bit about what y'all's thinking are thinking is going into December 1st for that day.
1: Well, I think for that day, you know, we, we really want everything to be centered on Christ. We know that he is the author of life, uh, that, that it's he who knows the unborn child in his mother's womb, who, who knit the unborn child in his mother's womb. Um, and, and so we, we want to go into this very prayerfully. Family Research Council is putting together an event on November 28th, uh, Pray Together for Life. We'll be in Jackson, Mississippi. Where, this, where the Gestational Age Act originated, and, and we'll be coming together with people across all denominations um, from, from coast to coast, from border to border, to pray for the end to abortion. And we really do want to focus our efforts on prayer first. Uh, secondly, we, we want to educate people. You know, I think the more people who understand this is a human being, And by the way, the right to an abortion does not exist anywhere in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, I think the more people who understand that, the better off we are.
0: I could agree. And correct me if I'm wrong, website, frc.org?
1: frc.org.
0: People can find out about some of these events and some of the great work that Tony Perkins and his crew are doing at Family Research Council, frc.org. Before we conclude, Mary, I just want to, I would love to hear a little bit from you, sort of how you got involved in this work, you know, what motivates you just a little bit more kind of personally about um, your calling to be involved in this work, because you and I know, um, you know, it can be challenging sometimes, even though it's a blessing, and it can be a calling. Uh, It's not without its conflict, and, you know, disagreement, and sometimes people that can be very intimidating. But I do think that, that that's special. I'd love to hear a little bit about what led you to get involved in this type of work.
1: Sure. You know, I I grew up, my, my parents are very involved in the pro-life movement. I grew up praying outside abortion clinics, going to the March for Life. Um, And I I have an older sister who has special needs. And as I'm sure you know, you know, 67% of people with Down syndrome are aborted. Um, And, and, uh, and that's just in the United States. In other countries, the situation is much worse. Um, And And I know many people because of my sister who have something like Down syndrome Um, and our world's missing out and and we're missing out on those people. We're also missing out on the millions of more unborn children who who weren't born, who lost their lives because of the Roe v. Wade decision. And and that really is something that motivates me each day.
0: Well, that's really special. And and just great to hear you share that. And and so many people, right, have sort of a, you know, a personal connection in a lot of ways to the life movement. I like to say sometimes when, when they became pro-life, even though I feel, feel like many of us, not all of us are born with that instinct to protect that life. Sometimes there's those moments or experiences where it sort of solidifies for us. And I think that matters. You know, look, it's a great way too, an opportunity for me to remind people in, in the state of Texas. And I'm sure this is the case in a lot of other states. There are countless, there's so many pregnancy resource centers around the state. In Texas, there are over 300 that are ready to serve and help women that are going through, um, you know, a baby about to be born. They're pregnant, they're getting, you know, and maybe they're not sure what they want to do. They're there to stand, stand by. They're there um, to go through this with you um, when the um, when, before the baby's born and afterwards, because we know sometimes the circumstances can be challenging or unexpected for folks. And so that's one of the things we're continuing to do. We've got good information about that at Texas Heartbeat Law. Dot com. Mary, you know, for many years, um, we've had a great friendship with Family Research Council, and I know y'all do a lot of great work, not only on the issue of life, but on other issues as well. But I do think that presence that y'all are able to have um, in the prayer to to really be grounded with that, because I think so much of the pro-life movement has matured because of the presence of that prayer because of the the presence of those Christian values, because it can be hard sometimes to be maybe a little bit impatient when you think about the numbers of babies that are losing their lives. And sometimes people get, you know, will will follow impulses that they shouldn't. And so continuing to be grounded in that prayer, I think is so special and I'm glad to hear y'all doing that. And uh, tell us again about the event um, on the 28th. Just want to hear a little bit more if you'll repeat those details.
1: Sure. November 28th in Jackson, Mississippi, at New Horizons Church, um, it's the website for it is pray together for Dobbs, um, right. and it, all the details will be there. We'd love to have anyone join us.
0: Great, and they've got a great social media following and interaction. If you want to hear more about what FRC Family Research Council is doing up there, and uh, and be in prayer for them too. I mean, with that proximity, sort of the way we are at the state capital it can be a little challenging. And so, well, Mary, I really enjoyed getting to meet you and getting to meet your son um, on Monday, earlier this week at the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm looking forward to being up there on December 1st and maybe a day or two uh, before that. And and I know there's gonna be a lot happen between now and then. We may even have a decision from the U.S. Supreme Court about the Texas heartbeat law. It could be real interesting, but it's a, a really exciting, but also an important time to be involved in this type of work. So we're grateful for what you're doing. And we're also grateful for you being our guest today on the Texas Values Report.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Great. All right. We're going to let Mary go. And I'm going to just take a few more minutes for, of commentary about some things that have been happening. And, you know, look, I mentioned we've got this great event. OK, I know it's Friday if you're watching this video. Maybe you'll hear it later. Still a little bit of time. We're just I mean, really probably I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying we'll still allow a couple more people to get tickets for the gala uh, as we're trying to print those name tags and all that stuff. But I always just like to keep that door open when I can, because sometimes people want to come to an event and we only do it once a year. Um, This is our biggest event of the year. This is our Texas values, faith, family, and freedom gala. It's on Saturday, November 6th. So a couple of tickets left. You can see Eric Metaxas in person. I've never seen him in person. And he's got a new book out is atheism dead, right? Remember the movies? There's a new series movie out. Actually, um, you know, God's not dead. What about is atheism dead? It's kind of a um, a play on words or whatever that he's having with the title. He's a very strong Christian. We're going to hear him talk a little bit about that at our gala. The author of the heartbeat law is going to be there. Okay. The Senate author. Uh, and sometimes I'll just call him the author because there's a house and a Senate author, but uh, um, being the Senate bill and, and originating there. Anyway, I'm not getting too much in the weeds on that. Brian Hughes, okay, he carried the bill in the Senate, and this issue matters to him a lot. There is no question. He is a leader for life. The author of the Heartbeat Law will be there, Brian Hughes, at the Texas Values Gala, November 6th. Go to txvalues.org. You can get your tickets, forward slash gala, txvalues.org, forward slash gala maybe you want to send in a donation. Okay. These events are expensive. Okay. They've gotten more expensive with COVID and restrictions and all different kinds of stuff. And, you know, maybe hotels trying to make up for for some lost time, some events that they didn't have. So maybe you can make a donation and just support our efforts um, to underwrite our expenses and add to the, the donations and support we hope to get on the night of the November 6th. It is a fundraiser. It is a victory port. Okay. We're going to talk about some great things, you know, All three pillars of our organization, we were able to help pass some meaningful and historic legislation. Number one, religious freedom, the Freedom to Worship Act passed. That makes it clear that you can't close a church down. The government can't restrict churches as it relates to pandemics and others. And we just passed a constitutional amendment on that issue, too. So it's kind of all combined there under one. That's one pillar that we helped lead the effort. Then the Texas heartbeat law. We are the leading faith and family organization that led this bill to get passed. That's our pro-life pillar. And then you got the marriage and family pillar. A lot falls under marriage and family. Certainly the save women sports bill falls under that. So that's all three pillars of our organization. We were leading the effort to get legislation passed on all three really just, you know, some incredible results. Now, a lot of that was because we had several special sessions, three as a matter of fact, um, and allowed us another opportunity. And there was another pro-life bill too, to stop male order abortions that we were able to do in the second special session. The third special session allowed us to get that Save Women's Sports bill passed. But um, look, you want to meet Brian Hughes in person, Senator Hughes, the author of The Heartbeat Law, Eric Metaxas, still time txvalues.org get those tickets now i'd love to meet you in person right a lot of times we don't get to see people we don't run into them texas is a big state i'm from houston born and raised so y'all know i also get a little bit more excited when we do something in h-town and you know look i mean i was heartbroken shedding some tears when the astros uh you know didn't get it done in the world series i went to one of the playoffs games in the league championship series but, you know, look, uh, just great that they were able to go. You certainly want to see them win it all if you're an Astros fan and, and you're from Houston. But, uh, you know, they came up a little short, but, you know, uh, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. But even though we didn't get there on the World Series, a lot of still things to think about and to celebrate in the city of Houston. There's no question. And a lot of information, really, we're trying to get out to people. What happened during the regular and special sessions? What are these new laws? How do they work? Um, how does the Save Women's Sports law work now that it's been signed into law by Governor Abbott? And if you missed it, there was um, you know, a pretty good, pretty big constitutional amendment vote. Hopefully you didn't miss it. Hopefully you were part of that election. But over 62 percent of Texans statewide that went to the ballot supported a new constitutional amendment. This means there'll be new language in our state constitution, making it clear that the government at any level, cannot close a church, they can't limit and shut down religious organizations and religious services. So much of that was because of what happened during COVID. You had particularly local governments trying to force churches to close, making it difficult for nonprofits and charitable Christian organizations to know whether or not they could operate, Were they essential, all the stuff that happened last year. Um, Even though a lot of that's gone away, let's not think it couldn't happen again. So you spoke loud and clear. Voters, Texas voters spoke loud and clear across the state that they wanted to protect churches from being closed by the government and other religious organizations. That was Prop 3. You know, we did a lot of work on that issue, uh, came up with some cool graphics, some signs, some emails. We were out at events, really just, you know, doing some media interviews, a variety of different ways that we were able to engage. And you responded. There was a lot more, a stronger response, really, I think, on Election Day, too. Um, and even though Travis County voted against it, they're only one County out of 254, but boy, those numbers were big, um, that they voted against this. So they would have, you know, they want churches to be allowed to close 33 to 66 or 67. So you got to wonder about what some of the voters are thinking in in city of Austin and Travis County, but, uh, you didn't allow them to speak for you in the area you live, because now we've got a, a decision statewide. Just another one of the reasons why you might want to consider supporting the work that we do at Texas Values. We get results, we get victories, and we get things done, and we always show up when it matters most. And and oftentimes on a daily basis, right? Always having somebody at the Texas Capitol when there's a regular and special session. And so we appreciate your support. But we've got some work to do before this year ends. A lot of catching up to do on fundraising because um, it has been a tough year. We've been working a lot, really hadn't spent a lot of time uh, making those appeals or going out and meeting people and having an event. So whether you're coming to our gala on November 6th in Houston, or you want to make that donation online, we really could use your support for the issues we do and work on for faith, family, and freedom. So if you go to our website, txvalues.org. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can make that tax-deductible donation today. Maybe you want to do a stock gift. You got some other ways you want to do it. Call our office. We'll get all that figured out. But together, you'll help us protect faith, family and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.